Alright guys, this episode being the first interview I do is with myself, it's going to be a little different. I did change my voice just slightly so that you can tell the difference between the, the interview questions and answers and hopefully it sounds a little better than it would just hearing my same voice repeat itself to each other. and welcome to Journey Beyond the Bind, a podcast about the healing powers of an ancient Amazonian plant medicine, ayahuasca, and the journey that she takes us on from hearing the call to integrating the work. In today's episode, we will be interviewing our first guest. He is the host of an up-and-coming podcast and has recently returned from the Amazon where he spent three weeks healing. Please welcome me, Kyle. That's right. Before we dive into other people's lives and talk to them about their journey, I feel as though it's only right that we should get to know about our host. And I guess the best place to start is from the beginning. All right, Kyle, tell me a little about yourself, who you are, your age, what you do for a living, you know, where you're from, a little, little bit of a breakdown about who you are. Okay, uh, my name is Kyle. I am 38 years old. And as a profession, I am in construction, mainly plumbing. I live and reside here in East Texas. Uh, it's part of the United States. I am from the Dallas-Fort Worth metroplex of Texas. That's where I grew up. After high school, I went on to the military, served the United States Navy. From there, went into college, got a degree in motion picture production, and really since then bounced around from managing restaurants and bars to being a server, bartender, anything dealing with restaurants and bars, I've done it. After COVID, I ended up back in East Texas. This is where my grandparents had lived and COVID kind of restricted the whole service industry thing. So I ended up doing construction. Okay, wonderful. Uh, when did you hear the call? And how'd you know that you had heard the call? Well, I heard the call December of 2022. Um, I had heard of ayahuasca prior to that, but during December of 2022, I came across a, um, it was a documentary on YouTube by Aubrey Marcus about the maestro dragon. I can't remember his actual name and I can't honestly at the moment remember what the documentary was called or something like uh, Dragon of the Jungle but in that documentary Aubrey Marcus had talked about his healing journey and the healing powers of ayahuasca as a plant medicine now when I first originally heard of it back in probably like 2010 2011 in the sense of uh, a party drug not that that's what it is but because I was smoking a lot of weed, drinking heavily, you know, going to bars, partying all the time, taking psychedelics uh, recreationally, I'd run across ayahuasca. And, and at that time it was, oh, well, that'd be cool. But December of 2022, I came across it. And because of things that had happened in my life over the course of probably the, the prior five years or so, I really needed healing. And so that was when I heard the call and I did not resist. 
Matter of fact, I gobbled up every bit of information I could. I think I think I watched multiple, you know, documentaries about ayahuasca as much as I could about the healing powers of plant medicine. I listened to just about everything I could that Aubrey Marcus had put out on podcast. And from there, the people he recommended listening to, I tried to devour as much of their content as possible. So I did not resist it when I heard the true calling. I, I absolutely booked as soon as I could. Okay, before going to South America, I mean, even now, but specifically before going to South America or before going to the jungle, what was your belief in plant medicines? Did you believe in their abilities to heal or was it, you know, what did you believe? Was it science-based, religious-based or, you know, spiritual new age-based? Well, actually, um, no. I didn't really have much of a belief in plant medicines. I had um, I'd heard of it before, but I grew up in a religious home going to church every Sunday, Bible studies on Wednesday, you know, the whole gambit of growing up in church. My grandfather was a deacon of his church and my grandmother was the secretary of that church. My father was on the security team for our church and after he retired from the federal government, he went on to pursue his career and interest in religion. And so growing up in that kind of environment, the idea of plant medicine and plants having a spirit and a way to teach and heal was kind of just non-existent for me. Now I knew about psychedelics and had taken psychedelics, but they were for recreational use, cannabis recreational use. I hadn't really thought of it as medicine. And yes, there was medicine, you know, cannabis medicine in California and things like that, but not in Texas. So I didn't look at it that way. Okay. Well, um, once you decide to go to the jungle and do plant medicine, um, how did you prepare? Did you follow the guidelines that were given to you? You know, most retreats give you guidelines, what to eat, what not to eat, you know, stop drinking caffeine, don't smoke cigarettes, don't do cannabis, don't have sex, you know, those types of things. How did you do with your preparation? Oh, wow. Um, well, my preparation was kind of down the middle. I knew I was addicted to coffee. I had been for quite some time. I started drinking coffee when I hit the, the military. That's kind of just like water to, to most guys in the military, most guys and girls. They drink coffee to keep them awake. 12 hour shifts. After your 12 hour shift, you have to work a regular work day for eight hours, You know, things like that, military life. So coffee is huge. I knew I had to stop that, so I actually, that January of 2023, I gave up coffee. Uh, I started drinking a coffee alternative. Most people, I'm sure, have seen advertisements and things like that. For coffee alternatives, I chose the, the more popular one, and I've been on it since. And I drink a cup a day. Whereas with coffee, I was drinking a pot of coffee in the morning before leaving for work and probably three or four more cups during the morning while I was at work and running and grabbing things. Uh, I did not stop smoking cannabis until probably three or four days before I even got on the plane. Uh, I didn't stop smoking cigarettes. Well, I had been on and off cigarettes 
because I'd been using a vape. And that one was just gonna be really rough and hard for me. I had been smoking since I was 13 years old. I left for South America at the ripe old age of 37. So I had been smoking for quite some time. And I was smoking Newports and Marble Reds, full flavors, things like that. That was difficult, so no, I was not able to just stop that one altogether. Now, when I got to South America, I absolutely was able to stop, it was great. Giving up red meat and pork was really hard. I mean, I do live in the South and pork is a huge staple down here. You know, bacon grease goes in a lot of things. A lot of our cooking has bacon or ham in it. And being from Texas, I mean, we're a beef state. And so that was difficult. And especially being in, a, in the United States, our food system here is poison and they're actively trying to poison Americans. And so it was hard to get away from it. I mean, even the things that claim to be organic and homegrown, you know, free range, things like that. It, it's still the process, the part of, you know, getting it to the store, the processing and the preservatives and things like that is still poison in your body. So it was, it was a little more difficult. I did what I could in cutting those things out and I was able to cut pork out almost completely by about a month before going and beef as well i, I kind of gave that up about a month before going alcohol i was drinking pretty much up until i left smoking even on you know at the airports i'm not gonna lie i, I definitely smoked at the airports during my layovers getting to the jungle yeah uh so i was kind of right down the middle i i took some things very serious and some things i didn't wonderful what were your you know intentions as to why you went to south america my intentions to go well my intentions were to obviously heal pretty sure that's what most people's intentions are when they go to south america and, and, and sit in ceremony with ayahuasca but specifically my intentions were to heal my past my present and figure out my future in a sense uh after finding the documentaries on ayahuasca and really just getting super deep into learning about it, it was right around Christmas time. And so as it is with my family, there are certain movies that we watch during Christmas, whether we're all together or we're, you know, in different corners of the, the globe, we're still going to watch these movies. It's almost traditions. One of mine is to watch A Christmas Carol, very specifically the Bill Murray Scrooged. I, I love that movie. And it was amazing to me that, you know, the story kind of clicked more after learning about ayahuasca than it ever has. And my intention was to go to South America and have my own Christmas carol. I had booked a three week retreat and I had every intentions or every intention to spend the first week working on my past, the second week working on my present and the last week working towards my future. These were my intentions going in, as well as dealing with addiction and my anger issues, my depression and suicidal thoughts. I've dealt with depression since I was a child. I'm not a very tall person. I have psoriasis, it's a skin condition, it's autoimmune disease. And I have severe allergies that I'm so you know congested, I sound sound sickly even though it's just allergies and so it caused uh, quite a bit of depression in my life and I went there to heal from that okay um, well 
Let's get to the meat and potatoes of it. Uh, what can you tell me about your journey? Please tell me about the the moments between the moments, those kernels of wisdom that were found when you were deep in the medicine. I want to dive deep into what was taught to you by ayahuasca. What, what information was given to you? Or what information did you have to figure out on your own during your ceremonies? Okay, yeah. Um, I did 12 ceremonies. And I can say that there were probably two full-on visions that I had. The rest of the time was energy work. And at the time it was frustrating because I kind of went in with some expectations and I shouldn't have, and I know that now. And for anyone listening, please don't go in with expectations. Uh, just let the medicine do its work. But I'd gone in with some expectations expecting to have full-on hallucinations. I expected to to see things. You know, I'd unfortunately, a, a lot of what I run across um, in people talking about their experience, it was all these fantastic visions. I didn't have that. I had a lot of purging and a lot of energy release. And in, by energy release, I mean, I was doing, you know, ayahuasca yoga. I laid on my mat and twisted and conform, you know, just my body did its own thing. I vibrate and shake. And then suddenly I'd have, you know, my foot on my head or I was turning over and balling up like a, like an armadillo, you know, that, that type of thing. I just, I had a lot of blocked energy that needed to be released. I had a lot of pent up anger that had to come out somehow. And short of just screaming in the middle of the Maloka, it came out through movement, came out through shaking and the clearing of those pathways so that the energy flowed easier and better. I had a lot of moments where it was almost like I just instantly knew something. Didn't see it, didn't hear it, just instantly knew something. One of which I instantly knew during my past, that one, that first week, my past week as I, I'll call it, was that I hated myself. I outright hated myself. And the reason I found was because I had allowed so many things in my life to affect me. I was meek. I'd allowed people to walk all over me because I wanted to be nice, because I didn't want to hurt other people's feelings. And in the process, I was just hurting myself. And that realization, I, I hated myself. And these are things that just came to me random. I mean, I wouldn't say randomly, but they just suddenly I'm laying on the mat and boom. Oh, damn. I, I don't I hate myself. You know, that, that kind of thing. Um, didn't see it. You know, it's not like a an alien came down and or you know vision came to me and was like hey you hate yourself no it was just instant knowledge i just knew it uh, there was a time in which i I, <laughs> I literally laid there and cried for the entire ceremony because i missed my little sister and my brother and not because they're gone i missed the little girl that i grew up with i missed my older brother being there and showing me neat things um, on the Nintendo and stuff like that, being a big brother. We'd grown up and grown out of that. And I had a longing to be back in that sphere of love. You know, I, um, I cried for the loss of our childhood. And it made me realize that I had actually done a lot of damage and hurt to my child, my myself as a child. There was so much that 
that I wanted to do as I grew up. I wanted to be when I grew up and I let myself down and I had to cry about that and apologize to the younger Kyle and and get his his acceptance of my apology and I, I needed him to forgive me you know uh yeah there there's so many of those things in the journey that that really spoke to me I did have a couple of visions um like I said one of which was a giant black anaconda crawling or not crawling but slithering out of my chest out of my heart space and it slithered right out onto the floor and then slithered off out of the Maloka into the jungle. And I recognized that as my hate, my hate for myself, hate for others. And it was gone. It's not completely gone, but I realized that it had to, it had to go. I saw a vision of my future and it is amazing. Oh my goodness. And it's 180, 180 degrees away from what I wanted for my future, what I thought I was gonna have and what I wanted for my future. 180 degrees the opposite direction. And rather than scaring me, it filled me with so much joy. You know, there, there are quite a few moments where I left the Maloka and got stuck outside in the, in the hallway leading to the, the restrooms where I was just overcome with hatred and anger and you know looking back on it it was it was because i left i left the the maloka space i left that protection now the rest of the area was still protected but i opened myself up i was vulnerable there and i had to recognize that anger and that hate and work on it and work through it there were times where her, the medicine let me know i need to slow down and i needed to sit still and be calm I struggle with ADHD. I, I struggle with my mind constantly racing. There was a moment which I went out and there was a, a little mat that was outside the Maloka. It was there for people that kind of, you know, lose a little bit of control. They, you know, facilitators will go and sit with them, bring them out there so as not to disrupt anyone else's healing. And they'll sit with them out there and they'll, you know, allow them to work through theirs. Well, it was still out there from one of the incidences earlier in that evening. And I just kinda, I was sitting there and a black tarantula crawled by and the shamans were singing an equal. And this tarantula was sitting right next to me with its front legs up in the air and I swear it was dancing to the equal. And rather than being frightened about it, I just sat there and was in awe. It was a great experience and I didn't know that, you know, Mother Ayahuasca at the time, I didn't realize it wasn't until later, she was trying to teach me to just sit and be quiet and be reverent because I have a hard time with that. It was moments like that. Those were the moments where I got the, the, the kernels of wisdom. And yeah, there's so, so many more. Um, and it didn't just happen during ceremony. I mean, I hadn't dreamed in years. I, God, up until I went and, and I was on medicine, I don't know if there were any times in the last decade that I'd had a dream that I could remember, but I dreamed quite a few times on the medicine and I got even more information just from those dreams. I never really stopped loving someone and, you know, I held a lot of women to that standard and because I never fully stopped loving her, problem was, is I was holding on to that to the point where I hadn't released it. And the dream let me know that. 
yeah, there just so much happened on that that journey. And like I said, I did I did twelve ceremonies in one go uh, over three weeks. So I had a lot that I was dealing with. But all in all, I took away from that the whole thing. The biggest truth that I took away from it is love. Love yourself. Love everyone around you because everyone around you is you. You know, I, I got that information as well one night while while laying there that me being angry at someone for their actions is a reflection on an anger that I have towards myself and an action maybe that I'd already committed at some point in my life. Or it was an anger towards, you know, an aspect, a mirror image aspect of myself. Now, some of that isn't true. There was some anger because it had been instilled in me. I know one of the things I struggle with is an anger towards disrespect. But again, I was raised in a military family and I was raised to respect people. Even if you do not agree with them, you can be pissed off at them. You can be angry with them. You can hate them. You can dislike them, whatever, but you respect them. Um, and there were times in ceremony where I just, you would see outright disrespect by some of the other participants and it would fucking light a fire under me. It made me so mad because how can you be so oblivious to the rest of the world around you that you disrespect anyone else trying to heal? Well, that was something that was generational. I had to really work on. And Mother Ayahuasca showed me that that was something that I had to sever ties with. I had to forgive my family for instilling that type of hatred because that's what it came down to. That's what it boiled down to, was I hated disrespect rather than just accepting it for what it is and people for who they are. There are people who did not have that upbringing. We come from so many different walks of life from around the world. Some people do not see it as disrespect. From where they're from and from where I'm from, that could mean two different things. And I had to learn that. And that was something that I was taught in those moments between moments. It wasn't a vision. It wasn't anything like that. It was it was an aha moment that I had to deal with. Okay, wow. So since returning home, how has post-ayahuasca been? Were there any pitfalls? Were there any things you struggle with since? Anything that's been better since? Um, how's your journey now that you're home? Well, um, so post-ayahuasca has been rough. Um, and in talking with quite a few people that I was down in the jungle with, it's been rough for, it seems like everyone. They, you know, we come back to a lower vibrational society. We leave basically what is a paradise, clean, high vibration, energy healing, love back to the world that we live in. And that can be depressing. And I personally felt a bit of depression once I got home. Now, it didn't start right away. It was probably a month or two down the road. Things just kind of started settling back into the way they were. And since I had gone and done the plant medicine, I was more aware of my vibration, my frequency. I was more aware of the things going on around me. And that kind of made things depressing. But because I was more aware, I actually realized I was becoming depressed. And it was not easier, but I I guess, yeah, it was easier. It was easier for me to pull myself out of it than it ever had been. I actually recognized it and was like, okay, we can fix this. Whereas before, I wouldn't have recognized it until I was, you know, at the bottom. 
I did have a bit of lack of motivation to get things done the way ayahuasca had, you know, shown me, uh, had explained to me. I'm not sure how to put that. The inf- the download, the, the instant information download that I got that I was unpacking, I had doubts about it. How am I supposed to do this? Is that really what I'm supposed to do with my life? Because I don't know anything about it. I had those doubts and it slowed me down. It, it kind of kept me from pursuing certain things. I backslid a little bit. You know, I started smoking marijuana again, slowly at first, and then it got, it kind of took over. And there for a couple of months, I went back to being a heavy smoker. It took a couple of months for me to kind of kick myself in the butt about it. And I try not to be hard on myself, but I was more stern with myself. And hey, this is something we have to stop. We have to respect cannabis and the plant medicine that that it is and not abuse it. I started hanging out with people that I shouldn't have, that I thought I was going to remove from my life, cut from my life. Unfortunately, I, I live in a small area of East Texas and at 38 years old, it's hard to make friends. At least that's what I was telling myself. And so I went back to hanging out with certain types of people and it caused me to start drinking again caused me to do certain things again. There are absolute positives since coming home that I am so grateful for. One, I'm starting this podcast. I'm, I mean, it's seven months down the road, but I'm doing it. It took me some time and I'm going with the flow now instead of fighting it and trying to force certain things. But I haven't started drinking coffee again. I, I have a cup or two here and there. Sure, I mean, I traveled for my birthday I had set out to do quite a bit of traveling and that was something that was going to help me. And during that time, I, you know, I found a couple of small little coffee shops that had wonderful coffee and I had a cup or two and then that was it. But I've stayed away from caffeine and the addiction to coffee. I also have not picked up nicotine. I haven't smoked a single cigarette since I've been back. And that is a huge plus for me. I'm so grateful and so happy with myself that I've been able to refrain from that. I have mitigated and and almost completely cut pork completely out of my life again. I mean, when I got home, there were a couple of things that, you know, had some ham here, uh, bacon with some, you know, pancakes and things like that. But for the most part, I, I, I don't eat it like I used to. I don't put bacon grease in everything. I don't, I don't have ham sitting in my fridge for ham sandwiches on a regular basis. I eat for the most part chicken and fish, which Prior to, to ayahuasca, that was not my diet. I eat more vegetables and fruit now, and that is because of the medicine and the time spent in the Amazon. Post ayahuasca has been hard, but it's been so rewarding to see how far I've come and to remind myself that I am growing. And anytime I feel like I, you know, I've got to get on to myself about something I've done or not done, I remind myself. I have to remind myself. Look, man, a year ago, you were smoking a pack of cigarettes. A year ago, you were, you were smoking an eighth to, you know, a half ounce of weed a day. You, <laughs> I mean, I, I was growing my own, so it was easy to just have it. I was drinking a six pack to a 12 pack every other day. You know, I was drinking coffee. I was addicted to coffee. Um, other things in, in, in life that a lot of people are afraid to comment on, I... You know, since coming home, I remind myself, look, man, you're not constantly on some type of porn site. You're not constantly, you know, flipping through Instagram, looking at shit you shouldn't be looking at. I now have a, a hold and control over that. And I'm grateful for all of that. 
I'm no longer constantly on social media. I did get rid of it for a while and brought it back. Um, and mainly I use this as an excuse and I know I do and I'm going, I'm, I'm going to be working on this. I've got to work on this for myself, but I brought it back so that I could have an access to social media for the podcast. But I found myself doom scrolling as they call it now, you know, just sitting there and just going through and finding things that I don't need to be watching that waste my time. I have time for better things. So yes, post, post ayahuasca has been difficult. There has been depression. There has been lack of motivation. There have been doubts, but I remind myself that I'm growing daily. I've seen it's a very interesting meme and, and saying I've seen it pop up and I think someone actually sent it to me. The trees don't get depressed when they lose their leaves. They stand strong and wait for the next season, knowing that they are growing something along those lines. But the takeaway from it is when things don't seem like they're going your way, that's fine. Stand strong and continue to move forward because you are growing. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for being open about that. What have you been doing for integration? You know, what's been working? I guess what, what didn't work? Well, integration's interesting. Um, I've been trying to integrate the lessons. Some of them I've just outright ignored. I, and I know I have to, to deal with it. But as for integration, um, the thing that's been helping me is taking the lessons and trying to implement them. I, I traveled and got back into nature instead of sitting in my house all the time or just being at work. And at one point working was inside of a building. And I, the only time I saw the outside was when I went out and, you know, threw the ball for my dog. So getting back to nature, grounding myself, going out and sitting in the sunlight, that's been a huge integration for me. And it's been, it's been helpful. I, I do my best to meditate on a daily basis. I do my best to journal every day and read every day. Those three things I, I lacked on a lot and never actually never did prior to, to ayahuasca. The meditation was hit or miss even before ayahuasca. I tried it, then I didn't, then I tried it, then I didn't. But since being back, I do work on it more consistently. My diet, integrating healthy habits and healthy foods into my, my lifestyle. I fast. As a matter of fact, I'm on a fast at the moment. Those types of things are working for me and they're not going to work on a constant continuous basis. I, you know, I'd like to believe they would just be a miracle key, you know, that you turn and it just boom, it's on and it stays on. That's just not how it works. At least not for me. Some people it might, maybe one day I'll get to that point doing breath work. Breath work helps. Breath work is amazing. Um, it helps clear my mind. Not so much on the, you know, I don't think I get the high out of it that, you know, Wim Hof and, or Wim Hof and them talk about the release of DMT. I'm sure it's there, but I don't, I don't really feel that. I, I get the tinglies, you know, my, my extremities get a little tingly and my mind calms down a lot. So that helps me there. But other than that, what hasn't worked? Uh, what hasn't worked is mainly just things that I haven't done myself. Uh, I haven't actually sat down and done them. Um, one of the things that I know I need to do is there are people in my life I need to contact and apologize to them. There are people in my life I just outright need to tell to go away. And I need to be honest with them 
and not be meek about it. I need to be completely honest. And the fact that I do not like being around them, I do not want them as a part of my life because of their negativity. I have to be honest with them and tell them, you know, just running away and hiding from them isn't going to heal anything. So I do have to be honest. Those are the things that aren't working because I'm not working on them. Some things I, I absolutely have been successful at, and that is drinking protein shakes every day, trying to, and, and good protein shakes, taking, you know, greens, eating salads, fruits, vegetables, those types of things. Absolutely. My, my dieta, my diet has been working. I slip from occasion. I'll have pizza every now and then, uh, you know, I'll have something unhealthy or some kind of sweets, uh, a cake, you know, things like that. But it's not like it used to be. And I, I sure as hell am not eating frozen pizzas. I'm not eating the corny dogs and the, the, the roll-up burritos that come in a package and things like that, the, the junk food. I've, I have been able to keep that out of my life and I'm very grateful for that. So thank you, that was fantastic. What are some, what is some advice that you would give yourself if you could actually call yourself right now and get you on the phone right before you got on the plane to come home from the Amazon, what are some words of encouragement that you would talk to yourself about? What would you say to encourage yourself about your integration? Hmm, what would I say to myself? I would tell myself, don't beat yourself up when, when you fail. You need to give yourself a pat on the back for trying. When people make you angry, remember that their actions are theirs and theirs alone. And by allowing their actions to take control of your day, you're giving them your power. To remember that that, that power is yours. I would remind myself and tell myself to continue to love wholeheartedly, no matter who it is, love them. And to stick with the plan. Don't question it and don't try to fight it. Just go with the flow, go with the plan. Mother Ayahuasca laid out a, a great path for me and I just need to follow it, don't fight it, and don't try to force it either, but just go with it. That's what I tell myself. Thank you everybody for sticking with me this long and sticking with this interview. I know this seems and it's probably gonna sound quite different and weird because I'm interviewing myself, but this is kind of the way it's going to be. This is how these episodes are going to go. It'll be a conversational, it'll be more conversational when I have someone sitting in front of me. But I want those listening to know that they're not alone. I hope that when you hear some of these stories that, you know, these interviews will, will bring out, that you can resonate with them. That you can say, I'm so happy I heard that because I didn't know if anyone else was dealing with that but me. I, I, I promise you, you're not alone. We're all in this together. We are one. We are the entire ocean in one drop. Thank you everybody for, for sticking with us this long. I appreciate and love all of you. And I hope that your journey is wonderful. My name is Kyle Lane. And thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of your journey. Thank you.